0: Welcome back to Read It or List It. I'm Phoebe. And I'm Ashley. And in today's episode, we are talking all things historical fiction for our new series, History, Huh? Oh my god.
1: <laughs> if you don't know, that is a reference to Red, White, and Royal Blue, which is not historical fiction.
0: Not at all. But, um... I mean, kind of
1: is, in a way. mm it's like alternate history (laughs) yeah a better a better world than we currently live in but uh I digress
0: (laughs) anyway (laughs) historical fiction is a favorite genre for many people but it's definitely one that we haven't focused on in quite a while I don't know if I would necessarily like really consider myself a historical fiction reader but I am definitely drawn to certain time periods so if a book is released or I find a backlist title that is um, from a time period or a group of people that I'm really interested in I definitely will probably pick it up.
1: Yeah I'd probably say the same. I used to always say that historical fiction was my least favorite genre because I thought they were all like war books and so because of that I never really gravitated towards it until Bookstagram, which I feel like is the motto for like everything nowadays. <laughs> it's like I didn't read it until Bookstagram and now I read everything. So in this series, we will discuss our historical fiction favorites, kind of what we're tired of seeing in the genre or maybe things that don't interest us personally, when we feel like we are in a good headspace to reach for historical fiction and why we think the genre is so popular. Yeah,
0: I don't know, there are some books that I just like love. But I feel like historical fiction can generally be pretty broad.
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely. There are, some,
0: there are some books that like you'd be surprised by that are technically ho- historical fiction. Or maybe you're reading them and you're like, I guess this is... like I think I mentioned a couple episodes ago. It may have been in season one. I don't remember. No, no. I think it was in our um, our Welcome Back episode. I read The Black Kids by Christina Hammonds reed and it takes place in the 90s. And so mm-hmm. I was like, isn't this technically historical fiction? Um, and we had mm-hmm. a discussion based off of, you know, if you lived it, it's not historical fiction. And, you know, we did live through the 90s. <laughs> so, yeah. But I guess in a way, like, for, like, because it's a YA book. So for that targeted audience, it is historical fiction for them.
1: Well, it's, it's such an interesting question to think about how you define historical fiction i've asked several people and they all kind of have varying answers like some people say if it's over 25 years ago it's historical fiction if it's like you just said like if it's past your lifetime then it's historical fiction um if it's past the auth, a key to the author's lifetime then it's historical fiction. Oh, and I feel like historical fiction also is one of those genres that can be paired with another genre really well. Mm-hmm. Um, like mystery or romance. And it can be like super broad in that way. Uh, so yeah. like like Where the Crawdads Sing is one that I, when I was reading it, I did not think it was historical fiction. And then I was like, well, duh, actually it's historical fiction. Like it takes place from like the 60s on like onward
0: I think especially with some like like we said we mentioned like World War II fiction that is a huge huge portion of historical fiction especially I feel like in the last like 20 to 15 years that has been so much of what has dominated the genre Mm -hmm. and then obviously we have like the Philippa Gregories that write about like Tudor history and um, you know, England in between like the 15 and 1600s, those things are obviously historical fiction. But lately, books have been publishing a lot more that take place in like the 60s and 70s and stuff yeah. like that and or time periods like
1: that. And I just looked uh, it up and it says, <laughs> um, how far back in time does an author have to go for their work to be considered historical fiction? A good rule of thumb is a minimum of 50 years. The mm. idea is to take readers out of the events of their lifetime. Most book lovers agree that historical fiction is the closest we'll get to actual time travel. This is from Celadon Books. And what makes historical fiction believable It's is its setting. Historical fiction is set in a real place during a culturally recognizable time. So I feel like that's also a big... Characteristic of a historical fiction novel is it's going to be something that it's not just like that it's set in the past, but it resolves revolves around some sort of historical uh, an event that has historical significance. Mm-hmm. Um, like, which is why I always associated it with a war, like World War One, World War Two. Like, that's a big event, and then there are fictional um, characters and situations that happen within that real event. Yeah,
0: that's sort of how we define acting in a way like acting is uh living within a certain um a certain given circumstances so like if you have obviously like a major event like <clears throat> a war or a bombing or like a period of time where something significant happens it's I think from an author's perspective I bet it's really fun to dive into the possibilities of like what could be happening around those. Um, there's a mm-hmm. great YA historical fiction um that recently came out called The Paper Girls of Paris. Um mm, I learned about like it from things. Yeah, I heard about it from Alex, Commas and Carbs, obviously because it takes place in Paris and it's YA. Those are like two things that make up her personality. Um, <laughs> and like what she reaches for in books. And I was like, Well, I like it. Like, um, what do you think uh that I'll think of it? And she said that she really enjoyed it because you there are so many books about world war Two, so much historical fiction about that and then but you don't you don't get a lot of specifically what was happening um from i mean i think there's a lot that's like ha- that we get from what's happening in france and the nazi occupation but there's not a lot especially from like a young adult perspective and it's told in dual timeline where a granddaughter is uh she receives an apartment in Paris that was her grandmother's um during that time and she finds all the letters that she wrote and it's more focused on it's less war focused and more just like what was it like to live in the 19, late 1930s, early 1940s during the Nazi occupation of Paris. Mm-hmm. Um And I think that that, I mean, and that's why historical fiction, I think, is popular because we'll never actually know what it was like for people. Um So it's a yeah. great way to, I, like, I guess like uh, that definition said, it's a great way to time travel.
1: Yeah, I was thinking, I was talking about this with Diane about how I was asking her if any Agatha Christie would be considered historical fiction because when I was googling, you know, books to add to my TBR that were historical fiction, a lot of her books came up. In my mind, I didn't think of her as historical fiction, and Diane was like, "Well, it's it's not historical fiction because it her books, like the original like Agatha Christie books, took place." in her time right like she's writing about where her time Mm -hmm. um and so it's she was like we were talking about it and she's like the difference between like reading something like a classic which is what she would consider like uh, agatha christie to fall under the difference between reading a classic and reading a historical fiction novel is that a classic is to us is history because we have not lived through that time but it's more historically accurate because the author is writing from a time in which they lived. So it has, a like, it's a little bit more trustworthy in terms of what is, you know, it, it's more true to the time period because it, like, is from that time period. Versus a historical fiction, a lot of research has to go into trying to make it appear to be that time period, if that definitely. makes sense,
0: yeah, definitely. When I was doing some research going into this series as well, I had a lot of like Mark Twain pop up, and I was like, yeah, Mark Twain, Mark Twain was writing about, or I guess not
1: all of, maybe some of his work is, yeah, exactly. Like if they're writing in the 1800s and they lived in the 1900s, then, you know, that or is if they're writing like, religion. yeah, exactly. Um, for, but it, for us, it's like. It could also be a classic because e- even when he was writing it, it was – it's a time period that now would be considered historical fiction or is, like, so beyond our pale of actual understanding that it, it becomes something that's, like, historically relevant versus contemporary. Yeah, definitely.
0: Do you have any historical fiction favorites? Like, did you ever go through a period of time where you were really – I went through a period of time where I was so into World War Two historical fiction because my dad's uncle was um a he was he was killed by a sniper um in uh, Holland I believe and all of his letters that he wrote home um my aunt published into a book so oh, they so had the cool. back and forth, because my I'm from a really big Irish Catholic family, and um, all of the letters that his nieces and nephews wrote to him, and everything that he wrote back, we have in this bound book, um, and we have the last letter that he wrote home before he was killed. And when I was studying World War II in middle school, I think, my dad was like, oh, here we have this family heirloom basically of all of these letters and I read it and I was just like there's something I think epistolary novels can do really well Mm -hmm. in historical fiction because they feel a little bit more intimate and this was I mean this wasn't it was real history it wasn't historical fiction because it was my my great uncle's life um and then we found um, my mom's dad was uh, stationed in Hawaii during Pearl Harbor and he has this whole awesome like photo album from when he was in the Navy and I just was like for some reason because I felt like I had these familial connections to it I was like wait I'm so I, I couldn't get enough of it and now mm-hmm. I don't really read as much um, but do you have any favorites
1: or like did you ever have a period of time like that so, like I said, I I definitely didn't read any war books. I don't know what it was about it, which is really interesting because I'm um, a descendant of Clara Barton's, um, who is the founder of American Red Cross. So, <laughs> Wait, for real? Yeah. She's like my sixth great aunt. I oh, think wow. that's correct. Yeah. Um, And so you would think that, like, I'd have, like, a greater appreciation for <laughs> – wartime books and like the american red cross and whatever i did read bean town girls which i did really enjoy um and that is my mom loved uh, that book yeah it is really good and i will we maybe maybe talk about it a little bit more (laughs) later um but uh i did read that recently but in terms of like traditionally what I read like pre-bookstagram, it wasn't a lot of historical fiction novel novels. I will say one of my favorite books of all time though is Beloved by Toni Morrison. Oh. I love Toni Morrison. I think she is um, unmatched in her mm-hmm. talent, um, the way that she writes. Just uh, her books are... Um, some of my favorite of all time. And Beloved was written in 1980 something, I think like the late 80s. But the book takes place in um, right after the uh, American Civil War. So it's definitely historical fiction. And it's got a little bit of like, I want to say, paranormal, magical realism kind of stuff to it. There's like a ghost or you know an apparent ghost in the story and it's just it's so beautifully told and captivating and has stuck with me I think I read it for the first time maybe when I was like 18 like the summer between high school and college Mm. Um, and then I picked it up again like my junior senior year of college because I had been a couple years and I wanted to re I was like revisiting all of her works and um, I read that one. And I really want to read it now again um, after her passing. I, I just – I feel know. like she deserves – like she's one of those authors that I can reread over and over again and still be brought to tears every time.
0: I think that Toni Morrison's work is one of those – that it's so great to revisit at different seasons in life because mm-hmm. I think that you can get something entirely different every through every read. Um, and that's why like I'm a huge rereader because I genuinely believe that about any book, that you can pick it up um, at, at different points in your life, and different things will resonate with you. Like characters, maybe that you didn't care about, will have a line in there that you're like, "Wow, that that I really identify with how I'm feeling." But I think that is particularly true of Toni Morrison.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I feel like that's pretty much. <laughs> like before that and then obviously books i've read since bookstagram that are considered historical fiction if you want to make god laugh we had a whole review episode on that two review episodes on that book my like
0: i feel like i always stumble upon historical fiction i don't necessarily seek it out but then i end yeah. up usually loving it i mentioned in the same series that we reviewed if you want to make god laugh i mentioned the great alone by Kristen hannah and i absolutely loved that book I think that goes down to one of my favorites of all time Mm -hmm. and I haven't read any of her other work I know that a lot of people say that The Great Alone and The Nightingale that those are her two like greatest works so far she really like hit her stride um, as a writer with the Nightingale, which is World War II historical fiction. Um, I've not read it yet, but I loved The Great Alone. It is one that like I got it from the library and then I had to have a copy for myself because the when you open it takes place in Alaska. Um, and when you open the the dust jacket, it has this beautiful like gold foil um, like outline of Alaska. It's just it's just a beautiful book. And I love I don't know. I loved it. Um, I also loved Daisy Jones and the Six, which is by
1: Taylor Jenkins Reid. I've never read that. I've heard great Okay, you got to listen I to the it, audio. I, okay, okay, good. I'm, like, not interested in rock and roll. Like, <laughs> I, I was not either. It was 100% like a
0: FOMO experience for me. And for some yeah. reason, I, like, requested it from the library and I got it, like, two days later. And I was like, this is, like, the hottest book of... 2019 i'm so confused as to why i was able to get this so quickly um but that's why it's great the new york public library has so many branches um, mm. so they had i guess they had a ton of copies of it but yeah. the audiobook is a full cast um which is something that we're seeing a
1: lot more in audiobooks i and love that that's what makes i feel like that's what makes an ent- entire audiobook experience
0: yeah like i i read the physical copy and then my friend elsa was like you I'm gonna send you the audiobook I was like I've already read it she was like reread it on audio because it is totally worth it and she was right and a lot of people have said that it is um I wouldn't even say like yes it's about like because it's about a band and it's about rock and roll but it really dives into mental health and addiction and uh personal drive and like what it Mm. means to like sacrifices for your goals and like family life i don't know it's about so much more and it's about i mean it's about artists and that's something that i'm always drawn to because it's a really difficult like you're faced with a lot of really tough choices when you choose to pursue a a life dedicated to your art and yeah i don't know it i it's it's really good and i'm really excited for the film adaptation of it i don't know when it's coming out um but a lot of people say they want like miley cyrus to play daisy
1: i kind of disagree um i feel like they cast i feel like they came out with a cast already i think they did um i I don't remember i i will probably read the book before i watch the movie um, or at least oh, it's I a want. TV I, series. Or a TV series. Oh, you know what I forgot? In terms of favorite books of the past few years, The Nickel Boys came out in 2019. Oh. Colson Whitehead is. Oh my gosh, that book, like, took me, uh, to another place. I loved it. I have never read a book that's so short that's so powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm like determined to read. All of his other books and it was so funny i was at the bookstore the other day and i saw this book that he wrote in 2011 and i was like oh that sounds like oh i haven't heard of this one yet like let me like read the synopsis it's called zone one have you heard of this no okay came out in 2011 it's literally a post-apocalyptic united states and I was like reading the synopsis and I was like, the world is ending. And I was like, no, Colson, I really want to read all your works, but like not today. I can't read this one today.
0: <laughs> like, my
1: friend Megan was
0: uh, Colson Whitehead's agent's dog walker. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so she like saw his like manuscripts and stuff that were like totally like unedited and all of that like. Um, and his agent is delightful apparently but he's yeah. I, I I loved the Nickel Boys and I also loved the Underground Railroad his other book
1: mm-hmm. I
0: also just like he's like a great human being to listen to like I read a lot of his because he was also a journalist and wrote a lot for papers and stuff so I was my brother introduced me to his work originally and I don't know he's he's incredible and I, I get, like I think another one that you'd be like,
1: historical fiction, but it is historical fiction, what he writes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um that one definitely the zone one would not be historical fiction. It's like no. science fiction. But like when I read that synopsis and I saw that it was a um a virus that destroyed the world i was just like no. i'm gonna read this because i know it's gonna be awesome but i'm gonna like like it's gonna be 2021 when i read it so now For i'll sure. stick to i'll stick to reading um i want to read the underground railroad by him i think there are there are a couple other ones i think he's read written like seven books so i've gotta make my way through his backlist yeah. um another historical
0: fiction that also has like some magical realism and fantasy elements that i loved um is a book called Forever by Pete Hamill. He's a big, like, New York guy. Like, he used to write for the New York Post and, I think, New York Magazine, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the history of Manhattan from its, like, founding in the, like, 1600s by the Dutch all the way through 9-11. So it's about a an Irish boy who his father is murdered and he is determined to avenge his father's death and it's like celtic magic so there's this like celtic ironically enough she's called the morrigan um which obviously makes me think of akatar but i read this Mm -hmm. first he like encounters this like celtic goddess witch like figure and she uh gives him the powers to be immortal in order to avenge his father's death so he journeys from Ireland to Manhattan and um, he is immortal as long as he remains on the island of Manhattan so he can't go to any other boroughs which originally was not a problem until there are like more like accessible forms of transportation so it goes through the revolutionary war it goes through the great burning of manhattan and when everything was wooden and then obviously now it's not through like the obviously there's like the aids crisis and um like the the cd 70s and 80s like and it goes all the way through 9-11 and it is like it is fascinating like that's a lot it is i mean it's But then it's like he, all this time he's trying to avenge his father's death. And so he keeps meeting um, descendants of the man who killed his father. And, but it's just, I I have been trying to turn it into a play for years (laughs) because it's just like, I don't know, I picked it, I, it was a book I picked up and put down a million times at the bookstore, and then I finally was like, I'm going to read this. It's something that, I think that's the, the the magical part of historical fiction, is that if there is a place, or a person, or um, a period of time that you feel really connected to, historical fiction brings you there, like you said, in a really digestible format. Yeah. I think I think it makes a lot of people if done well, I think it can really validate a lot of people and make them feel seen.
1: Yeah. I I feel like through reading historical fiction you can slowly build a more full understanding of where we are today through reading stories of people from the past that are like, you know, fictionalized stories. But the events and the the setting and the time period and the feel of what it's like to be in that time is really powerful. Like I'm reading this Lady Sherlock series, which I will have to talk about now because I know that when I pitch it to you, I will not be able to stick to a minute. So let me get like my first thoughts (laughs) out of the way now. Um, It's historical mystery, which is not typically a genre that I gravitate towards. I love Sherlock Holmes though, which are, you know, firmly classics, but there's been a lot of Sherlock Holmes adaptations and um this series, it's by Sherry Thomas, is so freaking good at giving us a feminist Sherlock Holmes retelling but still very much making it clear that this is Victorian London. Women had no rights. They could not, like, there There was no way for a woman to be a consulting detective in 1886 London. Mm-hmm. And Sherry Thomas is very true to that. Like, and it's just, like, such an excellent way of, I don't know, like, it, it like, reminding us of how far we've come for what, like, but still giving us like an enjoyable story. I'm excited to
0: hear more about that. Um, And also we're excited to continue reading along with all of you. And as we continue this series. So if you are interested in reading along with us, we will be reviewing Dominicana by Angie Cruz in this series. So as always, there will be a spoiler free and a spoiler episode on November
1: 25th. Yeah, so should give you a couple weeks to um, read along with us or get your thoughts together if you've already read it. It's been on my shelf for so long and Same. I just am so happy to finally get to it. And I feel like the fall is a perfect time to, I don't know, there's something about the colder weather that makes you want to curl up with a book. Something that sweeps like a, you away. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, if
0: you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to leave a review and a rating on Apple Podcast and stop by today's Instagram post at read it or list it
1: pod with your thoughts on today's episode. You can also stop by our websites, readandwrite.com and shelflovebookblog.com for links to any of the books mentioned in today's episode. Join us next week for our historical fiction pitches. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Original music by Jake Thorne. Podcast produced and edited by me, Ashley Chandler, and Phoebe Wright. You can find us on Instagram at readitorlistitpod. All rights reserved 2020.